Welcome to Center Ice, and this is an abbreviated edition. Today is Thursday, April 19th, and we just wanted to talk about the playoffs right now, how our picks are going, and also what's an outlook for some of the teams that have been eliminated. Like, Because honestly, I always go back to that LA and Vegas series, and it's it's crazy to think that if LA just had a little bit more scoring... They probably would have won. I think they'd they'd still be playing. We wouldn't be talking. Every about that. game was a one goal game, right? It was a good series, and that's the sad thing that it was a sweep because it, I quite enjoyed watching Vegas and LA go at it. I think we were starting to see a real rivalry there at the start of the season. Everyone's wondering who will be Vegas's main rival, and I think we're starting to see that form with LA. And we saw it in this series—a very hard-hitting series, especially for the Kings. They were hitting and flying bodies everywhere. Remember, Dowdy got suspended for a hit, and I watched the start of Game 3 in L.A. between intermissions of of the Columbus and Washington series, which we have to touch on in a few minutes because it's been great. But they were just throwing the body everywhere. It was like me playing NHL. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, they're they're always tough in the playoffs. It's just... It, well, you know, like we mentioned before, the only thing we were worried about with L.A. is who's going to score other than Andre Kopitar, and it turns out nobody <laughs> did. Nobody did. So that doesn't help. They got shut out two times, I believe. Yeah. Two and, times, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think they have a whole lot to hang their heads about. They had a good year. I think they overachieved based on the roster, at least. I think everyone – I don't think people were expecting L.A. to – end up where they were. Remember I, when when Rob Blake took over, there were a lot of questions about all, like all the salary that he had to deal with and people didn't know what they were going to get from Dustin Brown. Like th- people were thinking that this team had no shot at the playoffs. If memory recalls back in our wonderful season prediction episode which is laughable <laughs> at this point seeing how the season turned out, I think we both had LA out. I believe Matt V, he may have had them in. I think we all said if everything goes perfect, they might squeak in. But L.A. definitely overachieved this season. And we'll have to see how things go next season. I don't think they're a young team. That's the thing. Yeah, that's right. They're not. And part of me wonders if maybe they would think about trading like a Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli would give them a big return. I mean... Don't get me wrong, Tyler Toffoli's got a lot of talent and he's had some good seasons, but the consistency for him just isn't there. And I wonder if maybe a change of scenery is best for him and the Kings. Like maybe maybe there's two players that you really want instead of one. I, I don't know, but I just feel like if I'm L.A., I'm thinking, okay, we have to re-sign Doughty, right? That's priority number one. Priority number two has to be we need some scoring in our lineup because – if you look up and down that lineup past the first line, it's really not good. I mean, I don't know if I can name the bottom six because they had guys funneling in and out of the AHL. I know Nate and their Thompson was six there. All year. Like, I think Micah Matteo was one of them. The guy never played an NHL playoff game in his life. The- and, but, but they're desperate, right? They, they want somebody to provide some offense. I think Adrian Kempe will probably be better. He had a rough season. He started out great. And he just struggled all the way to the end. Um, but I wonder what you're going to get from Jeff Carter. I wonder if he's going to stay healthy. But obviously, 
He's probably not going to be out all year like he was this year, so that'll help. Um, Injury bugs certainly played a part in L.A. this year. But, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Quick is still really good, <laughs> as you can see from the playoffs. Uh, I would say he w- was better than Flurry, in my opinion. I think he was. I think he he's the best goalie that's been in the playoffs so far. I think Rene will pick it up as the playoffs go along. But Quick was just outstanding, and I know a lot of Vegas fans, they were conceding that Quick was incredible. And yeah. if his team just gave him a little more scoring, he could have single-handedly stolen this series for the Kings. That's how good he was. And the other thing with the Kings is they, you can agree or disagree with me on this, but they remind me of a team a lot like kind of the early 2000s Devils where they're a hard-hitting team, strong defense to an extent. Yeah. That's, that's, they're, they're like an early 2000s team, right? Built yeah. around defense and goaltending, not exactly. a lot of forwards, not a lot of scoring, yeah. Or Guy Boucher's dream team. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed uh, how they've really carried that kind of great defensive game from coach to coach. Like when John Stevens took over, it seemed like the transition, I mean, obviously it takes, you know, I think it took about half a season for them to adjust to whatever his system was, but I mean, I just, uh, for me, if I'm an L.A. fan, I'm thinking, holy smokes, if we just get some scoring, we might win every game. Like, they are the best defensive team in the league for a good reason. And there weren't many games this season where L.A. really was out of it. Yeah, exactly. They were hanging in for most games, and that's hard to say for a lot of teams. Uh, So you got to give L.A. credit there. Their defense is second to none. Yeah. But... As we've said, and I'm sure every hockey analyst will agree with us on this, L.A., you got to score some goals. But I think if they can get that done over this offseason, trading to Foley may be part of it. We'll have to wait and see. But I think if they get a good draft and they get some scoring in there, I think L.A. won't need to go into a rebuild. Because that's kind of what it looked like coming into this season. Slow, slowly on the decline, and now I think the future is a bit more optimistic for the Kings here. Boy, I'll tell you what I'm really interested in in this offseason is how many teams are going to follow kind of the Vegas path of giving guys a chance that other organizations just won't. Skilled guys that haven't been cracking the lineup. You've seen how well Vegas has done with their lineup, and really... It's a bunch of guys that were cast off from other organizations, right? It reminds So I, I think everybody now is going to try and find the next Jonathan Marcheseau or the next, I, I don't know, you, you name a guy that has, has come up and done well and get, been given a chance. There's a lot of guys on Vegas like that. Um, but I really think that it's possible we're going to see quite a bit of trading and activity because there are guys in other organizations. Like one guy I personally wonder about is, is Svechnikov going to be good in Detroit? He hasn't really had an extended opportunity and uh, hasn't really, I guess, rounded out his game yet, but obviously the guy has skill. So I wonder if a team would look into trading for a guy like that. Uh, But on a side note, how about Vegas scratching Tatar? <laughs> <laughs> you and I talked about Tatar back at the deadline. We were I don't think either one of us was quite sold on that. But No. Yeah. Based well, on the season and based on the result that Vegas has gone through this first round, I think you and I 
I think they'll well, they'll take winning. they'll take it as a mulligan, right? Yeah, we'll, you know, that's I guess it's George McPhee's only mistake of the off season and season, right? So, so it, there is proof out there that George McPhee can do a little bit wrong. Yeah, yeah. But Vegas, you know, I was gonna say to quote baseball briefly. It kind of reminds me a lot of Moneyball, not in the statistical way. Yeah, but just in the way that this is a team that I think a lot of people looked at at the start of the season, including you and I, and saw they've got a couple of decent players there. But no way, they're not in L.A. or in Anaheim, San Jose, Calgary even, right? They don't have the star power that a lot of other teams have, if you know what I mean. It reminds me a lot of the Moneyball, the movie, where a lot of the, they lost a lot of their big star players, and a lot of these guys were known, but they weren't fantastic. And then they were given a chance, and if you've seen Moneyball, you know how good the Oakland A's were that season. 22 straight wins. Incre- incredible. And I think it's, it's just reminiscent of Moneyball, where this team doesn't have all the star power, but they know what guys they want, and they know what guys will play well into the system. And they give these guys opportunities, and they go out and win. That's that's what at least that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, I mean, a lot like like you mentioned, a lot of these guys just weren't getting chances with uh, the teams they were with. Like you know, I think a great example is Ryan Carpenter. I mean, San Jose is a deep team. They've got a lot of good young players, and they just didn't have room for him. He wanted to play in the NHL, right? But in order to call him up to the NHL or send him down, he has to go through waivers. So the first time I think they called him up, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they called him up. He was with the team, and then they tried to send him down, and he was claimed. And this is a guy who's been quite good for Vegas on, like, their third and fourth line. And that's just an example. Like, that's a guy who's got skill. He's got speed. And, you know, maybe he just needed an opportunity. I, I really think there's going to be a lot of teams going out there this offseason looking to catch lightning in a bottle more than ever before because, you know, we've talked so much about the skill game in the NHL now. It, it's so clear that if you don't have skill and speed, you're not going to win. It, it's it's <laughs> as simple as that. So I, I really wonder if some of these older, slower teams – are going to try and remodel their teams based on skill and speed. I'm really curious to see what Montreal will do this offseason. Oh man. <laughs> who who knows That's... at this point? Like I've heard all kinds of suggestions, but I don't think any of them are particularly good. Somebody said trade for Jonathan Taze. What does that accomplish? Exactly. You have a <laughs> lot you have a lot more issues than just your forwards. Yeah. And I know Pierre Dorian, listening in on the end-of-year GM meeting with him, he was talking a lot about how he wants to get younger. He was, I know a lot of the media do, didn't like the fact that Dorian called out Guy Boucher basically saying, you got to give these young players a chance. And sure, it may, may not be the greatest place to call him out in public through the media, but I don't think Dorian's wrong in this situation. He, because if you watch any... Sends games through the season, even one, you know that Guy Boucher liked his old guys. Didn't yeah. want to give risks to guys like Colin White and Schloppik and 
even Thomas Shabbat for the first half of the season. And Ottawa's got some decent prospects. They're not the most outstanding prospect pool, but it's still a very strong one. It's still pretty good. I, they have a chance for a quick turnaround without a doubt, but I think it depends on what it, happens. It's with a bit Carlson. of a challenge because obviously you've got Carlson to deal with. I, I'm starting to think that uh, all this chatter about him leaving might die down. It really just depends on really Melnick at this point, doesn't it? It really does. And like, it also depends on what he said he wants to stay. He's made that even more clear than because there was there was a time when we thought especially okay, maybe in, he wants to leave. Especially back December to February. Those were like the But at the end of the 80s. season he's reiterated he wants to be here. He wants to stay here. So obviously he doesn't want to leave. But I think at the same time he wants to see some changes. He he's not happy with this season. And I think Pierre I think what happened is Pierre Dorian went to Carlston and basically said, Look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get younger, we're gonna get faster. We may struggle for a couple years, but there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And if you st- stick with us, we'll make it worth your time and we'll make it so you're paid. And I think that's the that's the thing. Will Carlson get paid what he's worth? That's what I think it comes down to. And I don't know. That's just something we don't know. We know the Sens will offer him a contract. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get back to the playoffs. I think we we need to give all kinds of credit to Colorado. They have been tooth and nail with Nashville in this series more than I think anybody expected. I don't know if you caught even the highlights or watched last night's game. They were within a goal in the final minute and Colin Wilson hit the post. They would have tied that game up and sent it to overtime, but Nashville took the win, and now they're up 3-1 in the series. But, I mean, really impressive for a team that, when you look at it on paper, they don't look great. You know, they've got star power, obviously. And they didn't change a whole lot from last season, really. No. With the exception of Matt Duchesne, there isn't a whole lot of change in that roster. But I think... But now, but now we are closer to Nashville and Winnipeg, it seems like. It seems like Winnipeg has just worn out Minnesota. Minnesota gave it a good go. They had a big win at home. Devin Dubnik played great in that game, by the way. But, you know, no Ryan Suter. It, they're just they're not healthy enough. They don't, they don't stack up well enough against Minnesota. And even without Josh Morrissey, we should mention, suspended for one game. I still think Winnipeg can wrap it up, right? I think they can. They're at home, and playing in Winnipeg is a real tough atmosphere. It's yeah, really tough. And also, Winnipeg's got that all-important road win. So now all they need to do is win one of three. And I don't see in any world where Winnipeg doesn't wrap that up. If Minnesota comes back and wins that series, I'll be amazed. But I think this is Winnipeg's series to lose. And we've talked about in our playoff preview show, Winnipeg is just the better team. Yeah. And I think even the most diehard Minnesota fan will agree with us on that, that Winnipeg is the better team. I think Minnesota will be good next year. I'm not sure how much they need to change. I do think they, they need to improve in some areas. They do, but they don't have a lot of cap space, yeah, so they'll have to be creative and for that's, sure. That's what's kind of got me caught here is they don't have a lot of cap space. Well, you know, I think if you have a healthy Parisi, um, towards the end of the season, he showed he can still be quite good. 
He just needs to stay healthy. Obviously, Suter, usually healthy. He's not. He's hardly ever out. This is a very rare injury for him. Uh, but also some of the younger players, like, you know, do you see another step in his game from a Joel Erickson Eck? You know, um, I think they've been a little disappointed by some of their younger defensemen. Like they shipped off Mike Riley to Montreal. You know, he was supposed to be a top 4D man. Didn't pan out. Uh, but overall, I, I like uh, their young defense, and they also have, you know, obviously Suter and Spurgeon, kind of veterans uh, in that group. Dubnik is a quality goaltender. I mean, they're not a bad team, They, but I think they need to tweak their lineup a little bit, and they need to add some scoring because, I mean, they've always been a defensive team, but that can only take you so far, especially when you – get matched up against one of the best teams in the league. And if not much changes from now till next year, I would say they're probably going to be in about the same spot. And remember, there's other teams like Calgary that will be fighting for that playoff spot, right? You're right. And I want to move on to a team that you and I both expected to move on, but has just come out swinging in the playoffs. And that's the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks have been, in my opinion, one of the best teams, if not the best team so far in the playoffs. Not talking Nashville and Winnipeg. Oh, I absolutely but agree. I, th- I think They're in that conversation. I think they've surprised a lot of people because everybody knew the Sharks were good. But, I mean, a lot of people were calling for a close series against Anaheim. And I don't think it's that Anaheim didn't play that well. I think it's that San Jose just blew them out of the water. No pun intended. (laughs) They went duck hunting. And by the way, if you guys haven't been following that series, just some great uh, content from the San Jose Sharks. Rally towels with the duck hunt uh, picture on it. There's a duck hunt hashtag on Twitter. There's gifts. Fantastic. And hey, they, they swept them. It wasn't much of a chance for the Ducks. And, and I'm, not, I'm not downplaying what Nashville and Winnipeg have done, but San Jose is just there wasn't a whole lot of life in Anaheim in that series. So, like, I just want to jump ahead to the next series. Like, San Jose and Vegas, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this because I think when the two teams played in the regular season, it was very even. And somebody brought something up to me the other day where they said, San Jose is basically L.A., but with a little more offense. So that should scare Vegas a little bit, right? The, the San Jose could be the team that knocks out Vegas. I think they could. There's a real chance that it happens. We've talked about the San Jose defense before. We, we've talked about how solid the forward group is. Martin Jones is a beast in the playoffs. Oh, he's been – I think he's been the best goalie so far. Like, he's – some of the saves he's made, I think he had, like, 50 saves the other night including one that uh, saved basically the win for San Jose. Like, I mean, we know this. He has a track record of being really good in the playoffs. And some of their – and the thing with San Jose is a lot, some of their bottom six guys, and a lot of them now that I think about it, have really stepped up in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Sorensen, I believe is how you say it. Sorensen, yeah. Yeah, Sorensen. Yeah. He's, here's a great stat I have right in front of me because he's been good in these playoffs. He has four career playoff goals now. Versus six regular season goals. And that's pretty good, right? (laughs) 
and he has three goals. This is a slightly outdated stat, but three goals in 3.167 games played. And those are playoff games. So you can't complain with what he's been doing. So it, it just shows that the bottom six has stepped up as well, and that's the mark of a championship contender right there. Because the teams that win the Stanley Cup, you can't just have your top six going, and you can't just have your top four defense going. Everyone has to be, step up, and everyone has to get going. And I think we're seeing this in San Jose. I think San Jose, they're in tough in the West. There's no denying that. But I wouldn't, not, I wouldn't write them off for potentially making it to the final. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I could certainly see it. I think they kind of fell into that Capitals realm where there were a few years where everybody was expecting them to win the cup and they didn't come through. And now I, I guess they've been kind of labeled choke artists a little bit. But um, now they're, people are kind of sleeping on them a little bit. And they are, I mean, we've talked about Evander Kane. He's perfect for the playoffs. The chemistry he has with Joe Pavelski right now is outstanding. And they've got four lines that can score, a solid defense, and elite goaltending. That is a recipe for a lot of success in the playoffs. And not only that, but the San Jose atmosphere during their home games, I think has been one of the best of the playoffs so far. Like, it is loud. They're having fun. It's like a party there. Um, and, you know, that'll be tough for any team to play in because when the crowd's loud, you can't, you're trying to communicate on the ice. You might not be able to, or on a bench, you know. Maybe there's a play that you think about challenging and you can't quite hear. So they're definitely a factor. Like, they're just, you know, playing good music. They're rocking out. Everybody's rooting on the Sharks. Like, uh, they had Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers bring them out of the dressing room they had for Jonathan last night's Chichu game. last night. It was Jonathan Chichu. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. But... I don't write off Vegas either. We've seen oh, no, I don't. how good they are. They've got the offense. They all four lines are a threat. So what are we thinking for this series? I I got San Jose in six. Oh, but oh. it's not an easy six. My heart says San Jose, but my brain says Vegas. I, I I don't I I honestly this is one of the closest series that I can, you know, imagine. Like I, I really do think that even though Vegas wants to win the cup and they know that if they win this series, they're one step closer, I do think that San Jose is determined to be the one that knocks out Vegas, and they're better than L.A. They really are. But, oh, my God. It's really tough because they're such similar teams. Well, on my bracket, I have San Jose moving on to the conference final, so I'm going to stick with that. Oh. I really don't see it being an easy series, but all right, all right, LA, all right, all right. San Jose and seven. All right. Well, remember, I wasn't as confident on LA in the first round. I had them winning because of Quick, and if they, I said if they could get their scoring touch going, hmm. they would win. They didn't, <laughs> all, uh, as evident from what we saw. So my bracket's already busted. Yours is still going strong. Well, there's there's a, there's a few uh, matchups there well, yeah, that are. Let's go take a look at some of the East <laughs> matchups right now. I think the the one we re- really have to talk about Columbus Washington. Yeah. I don't think I don't think many people saw this series going the way it is right now. And game four is tonight. 
We'll see what happens. But right now, 2-1 Columbus. Two big overtime wins on the road. Yeah. It's definitely a close series. There's a good chance this one goes to seven. Yeah, this one has been as close as it gets. We mentioned that Columbus had a good chance to kind of be a spoiler team here, and they've they've played as well or better than Washington. I think Bobrovsky's been clearly the better goalie. Uh, <laughs> Washington started out with Grubauer, and he did not play too well, so they replaced him with Holtby. Holtby seems to have the crease back. Seems to be gaining some confidence, a little bit like Corey Schneider now in New Jersey. So, you know, you have to consider that if Holtby's close to his peak form against Bobrovsky. I mean, that's about as even as it gets in terms of a goaltending matchup. And the other thing with Holtby is he's had all this rest. So he's fresh. He's healthy. He's not dealing with any injuries, right? Nope. Um but, I mean, every game just seems to come down to, you know, the goalies. And, uh, you know, one mistake can cost you the game. Like, um, Columbus made a little mistake in defensive coverage, and there you go, double OT, the puck's in the net, Washington wins. Wasn't a great goal, but nobody cares what the goal looks like. It's, it's a goal. It, a goal's a goal in the playoffs, right? So, one. yeah, I, I mean... Hmm. So close. One I, thing I will have to say, it was, and you and I have talked about this earlier this week, is with each passing game, Chicago's got to be regretting the Panarin trade. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, he's been so good in these playoffs. Terrible. Terrible trade. I, I don't I, – I honestly don't know. I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings. Whoever let that man make that move, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, I understand you had cap issues, but – you could have moved other people. You Like, why Panarin? He's so good. But if you're Columbus, you'll take that deal all day long. And I think Columbus still has a very good chance at pulling the upset tonight. They're home tonight. And a lot of people don't give the Columbus crowd the credit they're due. Because when Columbus sells out Nationwide Arena and the crowd is rocking, it's a tough building to play in. Especially with the cannon. Yeah, the cannon. So many yeah. players who've played in in Columbus constantly have said, I hate that cannon. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I love the cannon. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, for those about to rock, fire, just boom. <laughs> you know things are going down. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's and pretty cool, yeah. I think Columbus could easily take this series. I saw a stat after game two. Teams that have won... Both games, one and two on the road, are 78%. They have a 78% chance of moving on. I like those odds. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm starting to think more and more that Washington's just not a playoff team. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I have so many doubts about Washington after these first few games. And it seems like every time they win, you know, they don't really win convincingly. Um, and... <laughs> I had Washington going pretty far in the playoffs, but now I I don't I don't know if they have a shot against Columbus or Pittsburgh. So, hey, I'll admit that that's a mistake. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll turn everything around. But I think the biggest issues are the defense. For they look one. just kind of lost. And also, like Tom Wilson has been. Uh, 
not so good this series, and I I, I fear that he's going to do something stupid if they go down three one or sorry if they lose this next game or if Columbus is up big in this game um, because I don't know if you've like stood ever stood next to Tom Wilson, but I mean he is a he's a big dude and he can score, but the big part of his game is hitting and uh, physical plays. I don't think you can put this on Ovi. Ovi's had a pretty good series. I, I don't know. Not great, but dude. If I mean, think think about it this way. If Pittsburgh wasn't having a good series, would you put it on Malkin and Crosby? I think you probably would. I don't think Ovi's been nearly good enough this series. I think he I didn't say he was great, but I think he's been pretty good he, from what I've watched. He's been good on the power play. He needs to be good every shift out there. He needs do, to be dangerous. I I want to see vintage dominant Ovi I do think every he, shift. He do he does need to step it up. I don't think him, people like are Backstrom do him too. Like they need cuz that's all has been pretty good, but again, all a lot of these guys on their team, they, they're they good in certain situations, but the all-around game is a bit questionable. But what, what I've seen from the Washington series is unless that team's on the power play, A, they look a bit lost mm-hmm. at times, and B, they, just, they don't seem to have that push that Columbus has. Columbus, when the forwards get out there and the defense get out there, they, the players, they just look like they yeah. want it. They yeah. want it more. Yeah. And you can see it. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's a, something to the rumors that Trotz might not be back because, it, I mean, it's possible that in all the years that he's been coaching them, they just haven't really bought into his system, right? Because when a team buys into a coach's system and play well, that team can go really far. You're seeing that with Vegas this year and other teams in the past. But for me, I just I don't know if the players are sold on the system that he wants them to play because if they were, they'd play a whole lot better. So we are running out of time, unfortunately. But let's let's get through to the rest of the series, right? I w- we want to talk about Pittsburgh Philly. Oof, <laughs> poor Philly. I I may have made a mistake. It's Maybe. okay. It's all good. But um, here's how I would describe that series. And coming down the wing, Crosby to Kessel scores. Malkin. Back to Rust. Back to Latang. Scores. Great chance in front. Giroux. Voracek. Saved by Murray. What a save by Murray. <laughs> Back the other way. Malkin <laughs> scores. Like, that's how it's been. And here's how. Here's it's... the other thing. I think you're you're missing something here. That the hole. It's humongous big. It's humongously big. A.K. The, R- Brian Elliott. That five hole. And just oh. Brian Elliott. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I would describe this series. Pittsburgh has scored on Elliott, and Murray's been outstanding, but it's the playoffs. Like, I understand Brian Elliott is not, you know, an above-average goaltender, but the, the effort, he had one good game in this series, one, and since then, downhill. Like, if you saw that second goal that Kessel scored, I mean, that's a turning point in the game. You've got a rush. You need to come up with that puck. You need to make that save. And honestly, it was a weak goal. After that, Philly fell apart. It was. And Pittsburgh just crushed them all the way to the end. And Philly just looks lost out there. They have great players, but they they just seem kind of lost. And 
You know, yeah. Pittsburgh flying by on the wing, and they just, you know, you know what it's like when you were young and you ended up playing against that one team that has all the really good players. Yeah. And you know they're zooming around you, and you, you kind of look at each other on the bench, and you're like, mm. God damn, they're good. Yeah, I just think Philly got a bit of a reality check here. I think they thought that maybe they could uh, skate with Pittsburgh, and I'll give them credit. I wasn't expecting them to respond the way they did the second game, but it seems like what happened after the second game is Pittsburgh took their game to a new level, and now Philly can't keep up anymore. Like, I have no doubt that this series is pretty much over now. I, I don't know about you. I think it's over. I yeah. think this is a Pittsburgh's yeah. win to lose. Yeah. Pittsburgh's been good. Let, let's let's head over to the Atlantic. Boston versus Toronto. I think we finally got a, the series we've been waiting for because first couple games, Boston came out flying. Mm. They had two great games. The first period of game one was an outstanding period. And same with the set first kind of half of period two. And then Boston just turned up the heat to another level and the Leafs just kind of looked lost out there. They were a bit slow. They were, they weren't as quick on pucks. They go back to Toronto down 2-0 and then they pull this amazing game. Anderson that save just mm. incredible. Yeah. And the Leafs come at home. I think we are, we were all expecting the Leafs to come out strong at home and they did. Mm-hmm. Playing in Toronto, especially when the team's doing well, it's not an easy place to play. It's not right. an easy place to win. Toronto has been outstanding at home all season. Mm-hmm. And I like what I've been seeing from the Leafs. I think they've got a real good chance at tying this series tonight. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is that you'd have to expect that the Bruins are going to be better. Even though, honestly, they weren't. They didn't play bad. The Leafs just outskated them the last game. And I think... If you're the Leafs, the biggest keys you have, you need Freddie Anderson to make those big saves. And that last game, he showed he can. I mean, last year against Washington, he was fantastic. He kept them in the series for the most part. Um, but I think you need to continue to for kind of forget about the physical game a little bit because that's not the game you play if you're Toronto. You play a fast, skilled game. You move the puck around. You draw penalties. And if you continue to do that, and you win this game at home, then you've got the series tied up. You've got Kadri back in the lineup, and you've probably got all the momentum because Boston was thinking, oh, we're up 2-0. <laughs> we're going to kill these guys. If it's 2-2, I think that this this is a diehard Sens fan, of course, and it pains me to say is if it goes 2-2, I think Toronto wins this series because I think – yeah, Boston would. I think Boston would win another game. It it, it really is but, all about how the teams come out tonight because part of me is thinking that the Leafs are they're confident, they're feeling good, but the other part of me is, man, that Boston team scares me sometimes. And uh, I I don't know if Thomas Plekanec can play as well as he did against Brad Marchand. If he can, that's great. But I mean, he basically played a perfect game. And when was the last time you've heard that about Thomas Placanich? 2010, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. But um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be another one-goal game. Uh, I don't expect a blowout from either team. And I think as much as we discussed this before, it's pretty clear that whichever team wins this series is probably going to represent the East. <laughs> It Tampa's, seems like. Well, let's move on to Tampa. 
And New Jersey. Although Tampa is awfully good. Tampa is awfully good. And they, uh, for those two teams, I think we both agree going into Tampa, New Jersey, is that New Jersey is a fast skating team. Tampa is a fast skating team. Yeah. And I think Tampa is just, and you and I both agree that Tampa's just got the star power that New Jersey, Mm -hmm. as a young team, doesn't have at the moment. I mean, I think about it this way. New Jersey has one top scorer on their first line. Tampa Bay has two. And then JT Miller is pretty darn good as well. How about that line, by the way? That is a scary line to face. JT Miller, Stamkos, and Kucherov. I wouldn't want to face that. I don't think you'd you never would get either. the puck. Exactly. <laughs> They're such a high-scoring team, and Vasilevsky's been pretty good too. For Tampa, it's been a pretty good series. I think New Jersey that game three win was good, mm-hmm. and New Jersey's been hanging on there for some points, but then just the scoring threat from Tampa Bay is too much. Yeah, but I guess the one thing I'm not sold on with Tampa Bay, and I've mentioned this before, is the defense. Um, if New Jersey has been able to really hang with them for the most part, and it seems like Tampa Bay is pulling away now, but New Jersey is not a heavy offensive team. But if you come up against a Boston or a Toronto next series, highly offensive teams, are you able to shut them down? I mean, I think that's the only question that people have about Tampa Bay at this point. Nobody's questioning Vasilevsky. Nobody's questioning the scoring. Nobody's questioning the coach. It's the defense. And, And, I mean, rightfully so, right? I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot from Ryan McDonough that makes me confidently say that guy is a premier shutdown defenseman still. I I just haven't. And since the All-Star break... We really haven't seen that solid defense from Tampa. Mm-hmm. And and remember, Tampa got off to that flying start. Tampa could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of coasting the second half of the playoffs. And the defense just... I remember there was one night the Sens went into Tampa Bay, and I'm, I'm expecting another loss because it's Ottawa, and they put a seven spot on the Lightning. That's That just can't happen if you're Tampa Bay. Yeah. Especially against a team like Ottawa. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they kind of got to that point where they were so far up in the division that they were, and I mean, they were on fire going into the all-star break. Like they, I can't remember how many in a row they won, but they were playing outstanding. And then the all-star break rolls around and it's really hard to maintain the kind of pace they had. I think they were leading Toronto and Boston by like, 15 to 20 points like it was not close and then all of a sudden boston catches fire and toronto Toronto heats up a little bit and then you know two three months later it's coming down to the last game and those three teams are all within like 10 points of each other but hey they still won the division um and i think that's also kind of what happened a little bit with toronto this year is the division was so bad, other than those three teams, that they they were going to make the playoffs if they you know went ten and ten in their last twenty. The only other team that really was half decent in the Atlantic this year was Florida. Yeah, and but not not good enough. They just they got fired too late. 
Yeah, <laughs> too little, too late, exactly. But the future does look bright for Florida. Yeah, I think they have a good shot at making it next year. I think, uh, I don't know, uh, I think they can probably make a wild card, maybe a division spot. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm waiting to see what they do in the offseason. Yeah, I, I think they, they do need to tweak the lineup a little bit. Um, wonder what they're going to do. Well, I guess you're locked in with Longo and Reimer at this point, right? That's a pretty good. It's not combo. a bad. It's not a bad combo, yeah. So to wrap up this abbreviated show, let's quickly go over. Do you want to revise any of your predictions? Because Washington sucks. <laughs> Pittsburgh is probably going to roll through whoever they face at this point, and I wasn't sure. At the start of the playoffs when everybody's like, oh, Pittsburgh might three-peat. But now I'm a little scared. I'm but not going to lie. I, I'm still not 100% sold on the three-peat. It's, it's been one round. But don't. I'm not going to keep it out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I all. guess at the same time, Washington's a much better team than Philly, right? They are. And so is Columbus. I think Columbus is a better team than Philly any day. I w- it would be interesting to see Pittsburgh and Columbus because I think Columbus is one of those teams that can beat a Pittsburgh. I think so, too. But anyway, uh, that that's the only thing I would like to revise because, you know, I thought Washington was going to go pretty far this year. But based on what I'm seeing early in this round, I have zero faith in Washington, like none. Well, I'm going to revise my conference final pick quickly. I think... There's a good chance we see Pittsburgh, Boston, or Columbus, Boston. I'm not 100% sure yet. It's one of those ones where you'd have to wait till game one to really get a sense of how these teams stack up. And that's kind of how it was with Boston, Toronto. Like that first period, those two teams came out, and we all, I thought, this is going to be a pretty even series. Mm-hmm. And it has started to go that way. Other than that, I'm not sh- switching my picks at this point. This time next week, first round should be done, mm-hmm. and we'll have to wait and see what happens. And and we're done classes tomorrow. Woo! Finally, <laughs> we did it. High yeah. five! But you know what? We're gonna keep center ice going. But guys, uh, you know, we don't say this often enough. I feel like thank you so much for all the listens wherever you are. We really appreciate it. Uh, we have big things coming for this show in the next year and more you know we hope to be doing it with more guests more content we're working on a website right now it should be i've been working on it for the past week i'll admit i've been doing a bit more work on the website than i should have considering it's exam week but my plan is to have it up this weekend i'll be sure to tweet it out facebook it out mac and i are going to start doing a little bit of vlogging just Mm -hmm. there are things on the show that we want to bring up, but we don't have time, or things that come up midweek that we just want to touch on. So be sure to check that out. We're, we're going to try and get more interactive, get some feedback from you guys and girls. It's been very great. It's, at the start of the year, I think you can agree that I don't think we thought Center Ice was going to go the way it was. In a good way, right? Like, this is Yeah, we started this for fun. Like, we... <laughs> We started this because it was something fun to do. Um, it still we is. had a lot of introductory classes in the first semester, and it was just fun for us three at the time to just come in on a Sunday and just talk hockey for an hour. Like, 
we weren't expecting, and we have to thank, you know, NHL podcasts. They've been great for us. Um, and we have to thank all of our guests. I mean, I think Marat and uh, Ken Bolke as well. Uh, they've gotten us listeners in Winnipeg and around Las Vegas, and we really appreciate that. Um, and we try to be as unbiased towards all these teams as possible. Right. We try and cover everything. Like, But sometimes things need to be said, and uh, you might not agree with those, but that's fine. Um, and I think, yeah, we're, we're just having so much fun, and we appreciate all the listeners so much. Like I said, big things to come. Anyway, thanks for listening. Find us on iTunes under Center Ice in podcasts. Find us on SoundCloud. Just search Center Ice. Look for the name MacV89 if you want to. And also follow us on Twitter at Center Ice Radio. We're tweeting a little bit more now. Uh, Just, you know, some quick thoughts on the games. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.